0: It's time for another holiday hot mess episode of Keeping the Yuletide Gay with Gayson. So get ready to join us as we grab a partridge and a pear tree right out of our Christmas closet. Welcome to another episode of Keeping the Yuletide Gay with Jason, or as my friends just call me, just Jason. And happy April, everybody. You know, we've had some surprise wintry weather here. So I thought, well, what a great time to get back into the Christmas spirit. It's time for another fantastically frigid episode. Not really. It's not cold. I don't know. We just had some cold. We had some frost. It's weird. I'm confused. It's spring. Anyway, both Ned and Carol are out today, but in today's episode, we'll talk about another famous ornament, this time with birds. Mrs. Claus has a peanut buttery treat. Mrs. Nesbitt is back with a new book review, and we will see if the Cabbage Patch Kids' first Christmas is a classic or not so classic Christmas special. And just a little reminder, our show is not for younger listeners as we do use some language and discuss some adult themes that will definitely land us on Santa's naughty list. So that is your fair warning. Well, let's get the show started and start things off with our festive fun fact. Well, hello, my holiday elves. Happy April. Spring is apparently in the air. And I can definitely tell that by the sounds of the birds tweeting and chirping at 5am outside my window on a Sunday morning after a long, long, long night out. Not bitter. Anyway, this month, I've decided that our festive fun fact should be about Christmas birds and more importantly, bird nests in your Christmas tree. Yeah. Now growing up, I remember uh, seeing so many Christmas trees with birds and bird nests in them with family and friends who had like bird nest ornaments and decorations. And, you know, for many years in my childhood, we used to always get a live Christmas tree. And one year we went and picked out our tree, you know, we cut it down, we shook all the dead needles out and brought it home and opened it up and started decorating. And as we were putting ornaments in the tree, we found a real bird's nest. Now it had been abandoned so don't worry like we didn't you know scramble any baby bird eggs or anything like that but i remember my mom saying something like oh that means we're gonna have good luck this year and that memory definitely sticks out because i remember wrapping a lot of he-man toys that year so um yeah luck was on my side uh, <laughs> but i thought it would be great to talk about that christmas ornament or that christmas decoration is why do we put birds nests in christmas trees So with all the research that I've done that the legend of the bird nest actually comes from Germany. Now, there are some other places like Iceland that have the same uh, legend as well, but we're going to focus on the one from Germany. The legend tells about the magic of all the world's birds bursting into song as if with one voice on the night that the Christ child was born. And according to the legend, if you find a bird nest in your tree that you harvest for Christmas, you will have an entire year of health and happiness. Now, next to Santa's, birds are considered to be the second most common Christmas tree ornament which is crazy, right? Some believe that birds and the nests themselves have a religious symbolism behind them uh, as being biblical messengers that bring God's love and peace to the world. Uh, Birds are also, in many cultures, symbolic of good luck and good fortune. Others believe that the nests are not necessarily about where the birds sleep or roost. They're actually for keeping eggs and chicks in place. So they then symbolize a home for new life. So they represent... So they represent the love, commitment, and effort it takes to build a happy home. Also, when you put birds in your tree, uh, it becomes super gay. All right, let's be honest. There are so many different colored birds out there. I am personally trying to make sure I get one of every color of the rainbow so I can do like a cascading bird uh, rainbow color ribbon-y kind of thing on my tree this year. So there you have it. That is why we find bird nests in our tree. Uh, It's a little short fact this month, but hey, you know what? That's okay. We don't have to have like a 10 minute fun fact. (laughs) Anyway, I just have a question for you all. Do you put a bird's nest in your tree? Do you have a bird nest ornament or a bird that you put in your tree or you remember uh, your family or your grandparents or someone putting birds in the trees? Because I'd love to hear about it. Because if you do, please let us know on the Gabbing with Gason Facebook page. That's where you find all your updated information for Gabbing with Gason and Keeping the Old Tide Gay uh, on Facebook. So you just have to find Gabbing with Gason. The link will be in the show notes. Until next time, if there are any other festive fun facts you'd like us to talk about on the show or to have us take a look into or even see if we, uh, you know, partake in those festive fun facts, you can always shoot us an email at keepingtheyuletidegay at gmail.com. So tweet, tweet. Grab a blanket, a hot cup of tea, and settle in for Mrs. Nesbitt's holiday books for your holiday book nook. Oh, gee, here I am again. Oh, God, okay. I took a little break. Welcome back to my little segment. It's me, your host, Mrs. Nesbitt. Lorraine Nesbitt. But call me Mrs. Nesbitt. I'm the librarian at the North Pole. I'm back. We took a little second honeymoon, Joey and I. That's my husband, in case you don't know. Yeah, we took a little honeymoon. It was nice. Got We got out. Did a little couple things. Did some sightseeing. Had some romantic rendezvous not going to talk about that. You don't want to hear about that. That's okay. Anyway, I'm back. And this time I'm going to do a review on an actual full book. Yeah, you know, before we were doing short stories. And I said, okay, Lorraine, stop doing short stories. See if you can find a good book. Like a, a full-on novel, if you will. And I found one. This time we're going to review the book, The Geek Who Saved Christmas by Annabeth Albert. Now listen, I'm going to tell you right now, spoiler alert, all right? I loved the book. I loved it, okay? I said it there, it's out loud. Everybody knows now. It's out loud. It's in the atmosphere. I'm very proud. This is going to be a good review, all right? So just be prepared, okay? Here we go. Let's do our plot recap, all right? So listen, in this story, we meet neighbors, Paul and Gideon. Gideon's very outgoing. Completely adores Christmas. He even helps his neighbors with their displays and all those kinds of things. He's got a lot of lists. A lot of lists. Got a lot of tasks. You know, he kind of reminds me a lot of our own Gason in a way. He really does. Anyway, then there's gruff Paul, who's not big on the spirit. He's not big on the spirit. All right, that's a plot point. It's a plot point. But anyway, Paul finds out his brother is bringing his girlfriend for Christmas to propose. And, and Paul doesn't really do a lot of decorating, but he wants to make this Christmas magical. And he enlists Gideon's help. And it doesn't hurt that uh, both Gideon and Paul find the other easy on the eyes. Mm-hmm. He eventually asks Gideon for help. And before you know it, Gideon is the Christmas gift Paul has been waiting for his whole life. It's a beautiful love story. It really is. I've got a lot to talk about with it it's such a beautiful story i'm gonna make sure this one definitely you gotta check it out in the show notes okay you gotta get on this book it's so good anyway here's my ratings for the plot i'm gonna tell you right now got me hot and bothered it got me hot and bothered first off this is the first book by annabeth albert i've ever read okay but it was very enjoyable you know and there are some adult scenes okay she doesn't shy away but that's not the point of the whole book no, it's a love story. Yeah, it's beautiful. Over its 284 pages, it tells an evolving love story with Christmas as the catalyst. It's beautiful. It's beautiful. If I, you know, you, you watch these two men who, who come from their, their different paths in life, like, like, like two ships passing in the night. You don't know, it's beautiful. But they come together, and you watch them grow. It's beautiful. It's beautiful. It really is. It's beautiful. Now let me tell you about the characters because they got me hot and bothered too, all right? She does such a great job with Gideon and Paul. She really does. She focused on their past and how they shaped them as, as the men that they are today. And there's there's some there's some sadness, some tragedy. There's even some surprises in the past. Uh, spoiler alert, Gideon was married to a woman. What? I know. What? Anyway. You've got to read the book. I'm not going to tell the whole story I can't do that I don't want to rob you of that joy but anyway they both go through some major development that Paul you know he grows the most it's wonderful and what what she does in this book is so smart each chapter is told in the voice of one of the other characters yeah so you start a chapter with Gideon the next chapter you have Paul and the next chapter it's Gideon the next chapter it's Paul so you're always in there you're in their minds you're watching them start to fall for each other it's beautiful. It's beautiful. We're going to talk about it. Erotic. Was this erotic or not? You know, if you don't know my rating scales, I either give it a meh or a it's kind of hot, a hot and bothered, or the good one is when I take my husband Joey into the bedroom to discuss the book. That's when you know it's, it's, it's gotten there. This book, I took Joey to the bedroom. I <laughs> did. I couldn't help it. He said, Joey, get in here. We got to talk about this. Listen, here's what I loved. The sex scenes were like bonus material, right? Okay. They were very few, but they were expertly done. And they were written so well that I felt kind of like a peeping Tammy. Yeah, I did. <laughs> Who knew? <laughs> Listen, it was really good. Okay. They were graphic, but not like too graphic where you're like, oh, okay, this is too much. No, they were really good. Listen. You've got to read the book. This one is definitely getting the Nesbitt seal of approval. In fact, I'm buying a couple of copies and giving them out as friends, uh, to the friends up here at the, uh, at the, at the poll. Mm-hmm. Spoiler alert, Gason, you know you're getting one. Anyway, I, got, I don't even know how to wrap this show up. I don't know what I'm doing still. I have no idea. I don't even know why I still have a job. But listen, come back next time I'm on. I'm gonna review another book. This one's called Dear Santa by Casey Wells. And it's about a little boy who wants a boyfriend for his dad for Christmas? That one might get me a little misty eyed. I don't know. We'll have to see. Who knows? I've never, I don't, I don't know anything about Casey Wells either, but I'm very excited to, to, to give it a chance. Yeah. All right, I'm gonna go. Until next time, this is Lorraine Nesbitt, but call me Mrs. Nesbitt. And I think I just say over and out. Well, the sounds of sherry being poured lets us know it's time to head back to the Christmas kitchen for Mrs. Claus's tasty treats for your holiday fun times. Cheers. Well, hello, dear listeners. I'm so excited you're back in my kitchen with me once again. You know, we're only eight short months away from Christmas Eve. It's just flying by. Yes, we're three-fourths of the way there. No, I'm wrong. One-fourth. We got three-fourths to go. I might have had some sherry. (laughs) Okay. Listen, it's just me in the kitchen today, just like in the old days. How old? I'm not going to tell you. You see, everyone from the food and edibles department and all, listen, pretty odd all of the elves, okay, they are either off supporting or taking their elevated learning finals. Mm-hmm. We call them the elf exams. You see what we did there? <laughs> this is where all the elves take their, their placement exams to see where they'll work after they've graduated in their respective programs. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes. Even the elves go to school. You can tell your kiddos that. Straight from Mrs. C. Anyway, I received a letter from listener Caleb asking me for a recipe involving peanut butter. And I said, all right, well, I've got the right one. And it's very simple too. So today's recipe is called Mrs. Close's Creamy Nut Dip. And we've got a lot of creamy and a lot of nut dips going around out there. But this one's really good. Alright, this one's really good, so, um, you know, it's going to have a delicious amount of peanut butter, which everybody likes, and sugar, and vanilla, it's going to be so tasty, trust me, it is going to be so good, you're going to love it, alright, so here's what we got to do, now this recipe only makes eight servings but it depends on what you consider a serving okay so it's all right to uh, double up or triple up or just make two or three of these because what it's going to be is a bowl that should dip uh, graham crackers into. okay so it's plenty of of time for you to make more because it's super easy our ingredients today is a one uh, package of cream cheese softened so you want to leave it out for a bit the, the softer it goes the faster it creams up all right so it's just one eight ounce package of cream cheese one and a half cups of creamy peanut butter and i already know somebody out there is going to say well can't i use crunchy you can but it's going to be better with the creamy this time around okay a teaspoon of vanilla extract one and one fourth cup of powder sugar sifted that's right we are sifting it into high gear today <laughs> so ah, uh, then you need three-fourths cup of reese's pieces candies you know the little peanut butter candies not the peanut butter cups although you could i guess create like a crust maybe with those that would be fine hmm, maybe i'll have to try that and of course your graham crackers that's right graham crackers are what we need and for your kitchen tools today you're going to need a hand mixer a mixing bowl a serving platter your sifter, your measuring cups and spoons, uh, and plastic wrap. Mm-hmm. You're going to need some plastic wrap. Now listen, just because I said this, its recipe is easy, doesn't mean that it's quick and fast. Because the the oh lordy, because w- w- when you make it, you it's got a it's got a chill time. Okay, so it goes together very quickly, but it's got a time because it's got a firm up in the refrigerator. So you know, just be careful. All right. Are we ready? I know I am because nobody else is here to tell me that we're not. So, we should all know step one by now. That's right. Get your sherry out or whatever you drink with. I don't care. We're going to pour our sherry into our glass. Oh, the, you know the rules. In Mrs. C's kitchen, we go to the top. Everybody loves a good top. Mm-hmm. I need a new bottle. No, we gotta give ourselves a toast. That's right, so you know, we're gonna pre-toast our success and say, of course, my favourite one, which is Cheers, my holiday careers. here we go. Mmm, it's so good you know there really you know, there was an old Folgers commercial which was about, you know, the everybody enjoys waking up with the Folgers in your cup, but not me. I enjoy waking up with a little bit of sherry. I do. Mm, anyway, okay, here we go. Now, using our stand mixer, we're going to mix together the cream cheese and the peanut butter and the vanilla. So I've, I've had my, my, my cream cheese softening up. I can't get it off the damn wrapper. All right, we did it. Yeah, I got it. You didn't think I could, but I did. Okay, and then we're going to get our creamy peanut butter out here. We've got to, what a bit, you know, I like the smell of peanut butter. I do, I think we've talked about it many a time. But we've got to fill up this thing of peanut butter. It's a lot to get out of this jar. You could use whatever peanut butter you want. You know, some of us might only like a specific brand, and that's okay. Which we just get it in there. It smells wonderful. You know, there are certain foods that just really hit the senses. Right. I've got my first cup of, of peanut butter ready to go. So I've got to get that in there. Remember, remember, it is one and a half cups of the peanut butter. So I've got to... Here we go. Alright, I've got that part in. Now I've got to get my half cup in. That was just a cup. i am good to have a taste, don't judge me. Oh, so good. If you want to know how much peanut butter one and a half cups is, just get a regular small jar of peanut butter that should cover it. And there'll be a little bit left for you to smack upon while you're cooking. I mean, we're not really cooking anything, but we're making it. And if you want some more peanut butter in there, it's alright. Here we go. Put all that in there. Mm. Love the taste of nuts in my mouth. They're so good. Alright, next up is our vanilla, and remember it's one teaspoon, but listen, I know some of you are like, listen Mrs. Close, don't tell me how much vanilla to put in, I'll do what I want. And that's fine too, because <laughs> truth be told, so do I. Okay, it's a new jar, here we go, okay. I'm we'll pour our vanilla in. Mmm, smells wonderful. Absolutely wonderful. Alright. It's going to get loud because you know I like to get loud. So I'm going to turn it on and then I'll, I'll, I'll pause the, you put on the music because you don't want to hear the blades going the whole time. So we're going to get loud. <laughs> you want to mix this together until it's creamy. So about a minute and a minute and a half. We'll be right back. and we're back okay now I may have had a sip or three that's alright I'm cooking I'm allowed to do it so the next thing we're going to do is I prefer to sift um, while I'm cooking so what we're going to do now is we're going to sift our powdered sugar into the mixture that's what we're going to do so Got some powder sugar in my lungs. There we go, we're sifting. And the sifting, honestly, it just helps to, to make the sugar a little finer. Yeah. Sometimes the mask is okay. Now, I'm going to pre-mix some of the sugar in because I don't want the powdered sugar to get all over the microphones. There we go. Alright. I'm going to put the fourth cup in now. You're going to make a mess, but that's what the kitchen is for. is a mess. We've got the powdered sugar in, and now we're going to mix this one until it all gets mixed in with our peanut butter and cream cheese, okay? So that's about another two minutes. I'll be right back. All right, we are back again. I hope you had some sherry, because I did. All right. Next thing we're going to do is we're going to put out our plastic wrap, And you know, it might be better if you do a, a crisscross pattern. Because what you're going to do is you're going to get your hands dirty and you're going to take this mixture and you're going to form it into a bowl. Mm-hmm. So it might be easier to wrap the bowl up if you crisscross apple sauce the paper. <laughs> Alright, and so, in the mixture, it should be thick enough that you could probably just spoon a chunk of it out, like I just did. There we go, perfect, alright. Working better than it. just give it a little smacky smack. Alright, you're going to get your hands dirty. But that's alright, so you're going to form it into a bowl. Now, I am just going to wrap the paper around it, because I'm a smart old gal, and form the bowl in the paper. Yeah, keeping my hands clean, because I'm a smart woman. But if you want to get dirty or the kids want to help, this is a good project. They can make the dough into a bowl. Alright, now here's the easiest part. You're going to set this in your refrigerator for two hours. I know, my god. It's a Mrs. C, what are we going to do for two hours? I don't know, clean your kitchen. Sit down, put on a movie, watch White Christmas. It's about two hours. Either way, we're going to put it in there and we've got to remember, we got to set our timer. Alright, so that to go off in two hours, to so remind me to take it out. And then we'll go over the other steps, because there's, there's really only one to two more steps after that, you know. So, listen. Before we take a little break, I'm sure you're asking yourself, Mrs. C., what do elves actually learn in school? Well, there are many subjects. You know, in primary school, they, of course, learn their alphabet. (laughs) I'm kidding, but not really. (laughs) Elves are just like humans. They start with a version of kindergarten. And once they finish primary and middle school, and they begin to take serious interest in their studies. Mm-hmm. You see, elves age a little faster than humans. Mm-hmm. Kind of like a certain rock and roll singer who started touring in his 20s and now looks to be about my age. Not calling you out, but you know who you are. Anyway, when the elves leave middle school, they're actually old enough to go to apprenticeship school. And here's where they decide if they want to work in the fields of science or engineering. There's the ones that make the toys. Mm. Culinary arts, like me. Animal science, like our dear Ned. Uh, child psychology, supply chain management, business administration, aviation, linguistics, and of course, Mitsi's favorite, human resources. They work as an apprentice in their various fields for at least 50 years before they graduate onto their actual career yes and they have to take tests okay they have to take tests and so that's what that's what everybody's doing right now they're taking their tests. okay they're taking tests now this test they're not just a one day little one hour exam no it's a month-long process mm-hmm. it is so once they take their tests if they pass they'll stay here as one of santa's elves because it takes a lot sweethearts. it does it takes it takes a village not a village of Mitzi's but anyway if they can't graduate then they head off for other adventures working for other companies like you know maybe baking a some cookies in a tree or shoes you know or or others maybe they start an OnlyFans I don't know what OnlyFans is but someone asked me the other day Mrs. C are you going to start your OnlyFans and I thought my only fans are the ones that listen to the show. hmm They do. Yes. All right. Well, here's the deal. We're going to let that firm up a bit for the next two hours. I'm going to sit back, uh, probably do some dishes, have some more sherry. But first, we should toast both Mitzi and Ned. Wish them good luck today. So, here's a sip in their honor. And we'll be right back. And, and we're back. Hello. It was a long two hours and, you know, <laughs> I might have cleaned the kitchen and rewarded myself with some sherry. So we're going to knock this out very quickly. The next step is you're going to take your peanut butter bowl out of the wrap, put it on your serving plate. And get your Reese's Pieces. Now, it's three-fourths a cup. You can put as many pieces as you want because you're a star. You do what you want. So, really, one of those boxes of of movie theater boxes, I think is what they call it, is good size. And what you're going to... Listen to them. What you're going to do is you're going to lightly press them around the outside of the peanut butter bowl now you can get as crazy as you if you want to be me look i'm going to dump them all on it yes and then you'll just lightly press them around and you want to it's up to you if how you want to design it now some people i know like to cover as as much of the the bowl with the pieces as possible so it really is up to you um how you want to do it but you don't have to you know you just put them on there yes you put them there and make it look however pretty or not pretty you want this is a great job for the kiddos you know and you can find colored candy pieces that you could put on there as well for depending on holidays or you know maybe you just want to do this for halloween and you want these colours, because these are perfect colours for the fall. So you can definitely uh, put them however you want. And that's what I've done. I bought, I've got two boxes of the candies, because, you know, why not? And I'm going to spread some. You can hear it clinking on the plate. I'm going to spread them around the plate to give it a little bit more flair. Mm-hmm. Yes. Put it around. And give it some more flair, there we go, i have one, <laughs> mm, so good, okay. Then you get out your graham crackers, and you can arrange them around the plate too, however you want. <clears throat> but you know me, I'm going to take a taste. As I get me a little smidgen, make sure that I get some pieces too, because they add that little extra crunch. Alright, here we go. We've got to taste our our num-nums, because that's what it's about, is our num-nums. Yes, here we go, here we go. Mmm. Mmm. <laughs> that is a delicious peanut buttery treat. Mhm, mhm, it is. It's so good. Yeah, we you know what's even better. Some sherry. <laughs> mm good. Yeah, well, that's what we've done. We've gotten away. You can go eat all the nuttiness, you know, that you want. Get that creamy nut peanut butter in there and just tear it up. Alright, well, I'm the only one here, so there's no one to tell me to stop drinking, so I'm going to go sit in my chair, have some creamy nut dip and some sherry and watch a Christmas movie. Oh, dear listeners, until next time, happy tree teasing.
1: It's hidden in a secret spot down there in North Georgia. Come
0: on. Welcome back to another classic or not so classic Christmas special review with one of my holiday guesty bestie co-hosts. Please welcome back one of the OG co-hosts from our very, very first few episodes. Welcome back, guesty bestie Chuck. Thank you. Look, we're in person now. We are. That's a whole new world for you. It is. Because <laughs> <laughs> the first time we did this years ago, it was it was online. It was. So, and, yep. now, and now you're in my fake studio, ika my dining room. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, if this is the first time you're listening to the show, what I do is I give my friends <laughs> three Christmas special titles. I've not seen them. They've not seen them. And they're only allowed in that moment to pick a title just on the title's name alone and then we review the show and so i don't remember the three that i gave you but you picked out of the three the cabbage patch kids first christmas i did (laughs) any any special reason
1: um just because it was around the time when i was a kid growing up and um I like Hanna-Barbera and the series is produced by, um, Ruby Spears, which is a offshoot of Hanna-Barbera. They did a lot of work with, uh, Bill and Joe from the Hanna-Barbera, uh, company. And I think they also had a part in like the creation of Scooby-Doo.
0: Ooh, well I do love Scooby-Doo. I knew you were going to pick this title. As soon as I put it on there, I was like... Because the last time you picked Christmas in Packland... Yeah. And we talked about that one. I don't think either of us really enjoyed it. I think we liked it, but we didn't, like, love it. Yeah, it was just... Yeah. Yeah. So, um... I do have to say this. I told Guesty Bestie Peter, who's also been on the show he reviewed um the he man and she ra christmas special and then also uh the Wee's playhouse christmas special as well episodes uh and i said oh yeah chuck picked the cabbage patch kids first christmas and he said oh my god that's one of my favorites mm-hmm. and i said oh my god why uh and he was just like because there's so much uh, about it because um it takes place in atlanta And so what he did is he sent me a list of Peter's Fun Facts about this Christmas special. And we'll be sprinkling them throughout the show. So, Chuck, you'll get to get some extra bonus info from an Atlantean. Great. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Now, the show was released on December 7th, 1984, and it originally aired on ABC. Did you ever watch this as a kid? No. Me either. I Mm -hmm. I don't think I ever knew about it. Or if I did... That was Prime He-Man time, though. That was 84. It was. So I probably wouldn't have watched this. Or if I did, I don't remember it. Yeah, no. Mm -hmm. Um, Now, we saw a version on YouTube uh, that had some old toy commercials in it, which was super fun. It was. Uh, A lot of board games. Yep. I think every commercial was board games, except for, like, one or two. Yeah, one or two. Mm -hmm. And um, Guess Who, which is a favorite of mine. is was a favorite of yours. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. an ask zartan which i had totally forgot about that i game did as a too kid. yeah uh, but then i immediately went on ebay to see and they're about like 40 bucks so if anybody wants to uh you know give me a gift you can definitely purchase an ask zartan for me <laughs> or you know i might have to put in a good word with with mrs c and uh see if she can tell santa i would like an original ask zartan for christmas maybe she'll do that for us i don't know um <laughs> <laughs> but something cool and um If you're into the Cabbage Patch Kids, and if you like this special or you've never seen it before, you can actually still get this one on DVD uh, for like $9.99, I think Mm -hmm. it was, on Amazon. Um, Before we begin, Chuck, I have to ask, because I know you're a big nostalgia fan. uh, Are you purchasing this one? Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Um have not, you already purchased it after I, watching it? I have not. Okay, but I, I'm list. not sure
1: where I'm going to purchase it yet. Okay, they do have it at Target also. Oh online. really? Yeah. I'll look at
0: that. Okay. Oh good. So, you know, if you end up loving this show, so I'm assuming Chuck must have really liked it because he's already purchased yes. it. <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, you can definitely get it. So that's great. Um, this special has so many voice actors in it, and it is. It's, it's a, I think, a cavalcade of talent. It is. Especially from back then. And we could spend the entire show just talking about all the different voice actors and what they've done and what they're mm-hmm. famous for. But I just picked a couple. Um, Tress McNeil, who was, she played all the older women in the cast. Mm-hmm. There's like three, and she played them all. <laughs> she's best known for the voice of Agnes Skinner on The Simpsons. So she's Principal Skinner's mom. Oh, okay. Um which is super funny Yeah. Uh, she's also Dot Warner on the Animaniacs oh, which is super okay. fun mm-hmm. and she played Daisy Duck in a ton of Disney shows so a ton huh. of Disney cartoons so she's been around for a long time yes yeah, she has um, Hal Smith is the voice of the stork Colonel Casey and he's best known for his Disney connection he was the voice of Owl on Winnie the Pooh <laughs> did you watch okay. Winnie the Pooh as a kid? yeah me too yeah. I loved Winnie the Pooh it was good Mm-hmm. I also loved that um, live-action kids show that they had, where like they had people walking around in the costumes, playing Pooh and Al and all that. Mm-hmm. Do you remember that? Mm-hmm. So I really, I really like that. I'd actually like to watch that again. Um, <laughs> 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 Arthur Bergheart as the evil Cabbage Jack is best known for playing Destro on GI Joe. Rebig GI Joe fan? Yes. Did you collect the toys back then?
1: I collected the toys, and I just bought the complete series. <laughs> That's yeah. amazing.
0: I did not collect the toys, but I watched the show. Um, which is great, because the next person was also on G.I. Joe. And that's Neil Ross, who played Bo Weasel. And he played um, what I didn't realize was a crush. But my crush now, he played Shipwreck on G.I. Joe. Oh, yeah. And, and Shipwreck is a, a very attractive mm-hmm. cartoon character. <laughs> mm-hmm. And then a podcast favorite, Peter Cullen, uh, had hardly any lines in this show hmm. but as soon as i heard his voice i recognized it and i'm pretty sure you did too as soon as you heard it you can't not recognize peter <laughs> cullen's voice he played optimus prime and yep. like i think everything of transformers ever he has been optimus prime mm-hmm. uh, and i'm sure you were a transformers fan i was do you have the series on dvd too? i
1: do i just bought those as well
0: <laughs> do they have a christmas special transformers did they ever get one i don't I don't think I'm so. I'm going to give you homework, Chuck. When we'll you finally sit down to watch the complete series of both G.I. Joe and Transformers, I would love to know if there's a Christmas episode. Because okay. that would that be a fun bonus thing to do. Yeah, to it go over those. That'd be fun. Uh, bring you back on. Sure. There are, but again, there's so many characters in this 30-minute thing. There is. Um, it was hard to keep track of. And I did my best. But to look at the cast list you're like oh my god and everybody usually only played like one person in this show mm-hmm. which is also pretty rare for a cartoon at yeah. this time is for just one person to play all just play one part that's crazy mm-hmm. I kind of wonder what the budget was um, because the animation was good it was it was very of the time it was very of the 80s like you, it was very 80s style animation almost um, would you say Don Bluthish
1: yes especially the backgrounds yeah,
0: yeah yeah uh what else did don
1: bluth do american tale american tale what else did he do i know he's done did he do space ace
0: he might have he did dragon uh, slayer did yeah did he do land before time is that done yeah Bluth-y? i think so secret of nim is that yeah don bluth? i think yeah there's a style it's yeah. very don thing. yeah um there's nobody noted about the singing that's in this, so I can't really go over that. But let's let's just get into the show then. Let's start. Um, the special opens with a stork flying over a, a literal cartoon map of the United States, telling us it's cold, but he has to get uh, to this place in North Georgia because there's a, a new Cabbage Patch baby going to be born at any moment. And it was legit flying over a map of the United States... <laughs>
1: the southern u.s the southern u.s (laughs) it even
0: had the names of the states written on them in case you didn't know Mm -hmm. and it went to georgia which leads us into peter's fun fact number one is that babyland general is the actual home of the cabbage patch kids and it's located in cleveland georgia but it's not a shack like in the cartoon it's a large like hospital style building that you can actually go visit right now and take a tour of all things Cabbage Patch. Oh, wow. And uh, you can actually see Cabbage Patch Babies Getting Born, which is... There's some videos out there. You should go take a look. <laughs> uh, but I will, I will post the uh, the Cabbage Patch Babyland link uh, in the show notes for anybody that really is interested in checking it out. You probably should. But I feel like, Chuck, you would take a tour. Am I incorrect? I probably in would. Yes. <laughs> and that, th-
1: explains, that explains why they picked that specific state it was weird right it was and if you don't know that it's odd
0: it is so weird because it's like it's a christmas show and nothing against the south but you automatically assume it's going to be somewhere up north or in the midwest Mm -hmm. every time yeah every time so um but yeah the stork flies past a large mountain for a brief moment do you remember the mountain it's kind of like i do okay Mm -hmm. so peter's fun fact too is that's a real mountain called mount yona and people hike there all the time Oh, nice. So again, Peter from Atlanta knows, which is nice that, and I get why I think that he's, he likes this. It would be fun to see like your hometown or your city featured in a cartoon Mm -hmm. with such detail. And we're going to talk about that detail more. Um, um, So then we suddenly see bunnies hopping through the cabbage patch, which I thought was weird. Mm -hmm. And the stork said that they're spreading magic crystals. Was that the word you heard too? Mm Mm-hmm. Okay, And these crystals, I guess, help turn cabbages into babies. They do. Humanoid babies. Humanoid babies. And then we get the most terrifying thing I've ever seen in a cartoon.
1: It reminded me of a scene from Motel Hell. (laughs) (laughs) The field.
0: Oh my god. I, first off, if no one has ever seen the movie Motel Hell i'm sure it's on tubi it's on every tubi has everything at this point but uh it was a horror movie ish in the 80s it was yeah was it farmer what oh farmer somebody he made special sausage and i'm uh, sorry it was out of people (laughs) and there's a scene where they have all these people that they've basically kidnapped and they literally have them planted in the ground yeah and when you watch the cabbage patch christmas special the leaves open on this head of cabbage and inside is literally the head of a baby looking around and moving very human looking it's so weird and creepy it's the one part I don't I don't like it it's a little disturbing it's so uncomfortable Um, it's so weird it's just so weird Mm -hmm. Um, the stork uh, Colonel Casey (laughs) who we don't know his name for the first five minutes of the show uh, he finds the Cabbage Patch kids at their shack with an older boy named Xavier Roberts, which leads us into Peter's fun fact three. Xavier Roberts is the original creator of the Cabbage Patch dolls. Mm-hmm. And you can find all kinds of pictures of him uh, online. And some people might have a crush on him. It's not me. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to say who, it's not me. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, <laughs> so, yeah, he created them. And it's kind of a nice nod to make him a character in the show, mm-hmm. I guess. How old do you think xavier's supposed to be
1: i was thinking he's probably 10.
0: and how old do you think cabbage patch kids are because i struggle with them maybe four or five yeah that's what i was thinking too Mm -hmm. which i brings up a lot of concern it does (laughs) that these kids are just (laughs) running around living on their own um the kids tell the stork that xavier's been telling them about christmas and uh in typical little kid fashion they get confused about hanging stockings on a turkey and then the other one says no we have to hang lights on the turkey you decorate a tree and hang stockings on a turkey you've got it all wrong Kenley. you hang the lights on the turkey and i was like (laughs) all right so how old are they supposed to be so four would make a lot of sense Mm -hmm. probably um we finally find out that the stork's name is colonel casey and then the kids say xavier's showing them pictures of christmas and they're roasting marshmallows and then we do this cabbage patch kid roundup with colonel casey as we take the camera and it pans across all the kids Mm -hmm. and the first one is otis lee who wears an army helmet the whole time sybil sadie tyler beau rachel marie aka ramey Dawson Glenn, who is dressed like a cowboy. Cousin Cannon Lee. Paula Louise, which is a red-headed, freckled-faced girl. Do you remember how many freckles she has? Because they told us a hundred. It's
1: two thousand seven fifty-one. Oh, I was way off. I don't remember that then. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I mean, they bring up her freckles quite. Big. There's a plot point with those freckles.
1: I wonder why there was just 50, fifty-one at the end and maybe, not just like maybe fifty. Maybe just miscounted. Yeah.
0: I think somebody just was like, "Eh, that sounds like a good number. Yeah. Uh, And then there's a baby named Baby Dodd. And which of of the kids was your favorite throughout the show? Mm, I would say
1: the cowboy.
0: Uh, Was that Dawson Glenn? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I enjoyed Otis Lee with the army helmet personally, and he was mine, but. Mm these are some of the most southern names i have ever heard in my life like they <laughs> wow they went they went real real southern i'm not trying to offend anybody but
1: <laughs>
0: cousin canon <laughs> <Lee>. um <laughs> we're now uh into where xavier then tells everybody that um they can see the Christmas spirit in the city and then everyone comes to the city to see the Christmas spirit. Mm-hmm. And then he leaves to go home uh, abruptly <laughs> to decorate, I think is what he said. Because we've realized it's Christmas Eve. Mm-hmm. I don't know when they said it, but at some point in the show, they say it's they Christmas did. Eve. Yeah. I don't know when. but So Canon Lee decides that the he wants to see the Christmas spirit. And then Otis Lee, too many Lees, says that it's a spooky spirit in the sky. And then the kids say, well, let's go to the city and find out. And then I got real confused and on my second viewing finally figured out what happened. I thought they just left Baby Dot at home by itself, himself itself, himself. Uh, I had to watch this twice, ju- once to see what was about and then two to write up the notes, but I did get confused quite a bit. And the second time I watched it I could there was more I saw more and had a little bit better understanding. Is that the same for you?
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was, I watched it twice. It
0: was a lot. There to was take a in. lot,
1: yeah. And I liked it better the second time. Same. Yeah.
0: Same. That's, yeah. Uh, the first time around, I thought it was cute. Second time around, I kind of got more involved. Um, okay. So the kids decide to leave, to go to the city, and they leave Baby Dog with Colonel Casey. And this is where I really got confused. They had to leave through a secret passageway behind a damn waterfall.
1: Mm. Yeah.
0: And then it made me go, where do they live that there's a secret passage behind a waterfall? Um, because that's weird to me. Mm-hmm. And I don't understand.
1: Where that came from. It was
0: very bizarre, right? It
1: was very bizarre. It was
0: just out of left field. It didn't make any <laughs> sense, but whatever. Then the stork tells the kids to be careful uh, because we find out that the kids have a villain Named Lavender McDade Which is an evil old woman And her two minions A humanoid rabbit named Cabbage Jack And a humanoid weasel named Bo Weasel Who were always trying to kidnap the kids And force them to work in a gold mine Mm -hmm. So my question to you was Did the Cabbage Patch Kids ever have a cartoon series That you know of?
1: No, I don't think they did But I think just from reading a little bit Um, that they were talking about making one, but it never Mm. transpired, said the right word.
0: Did you have a Cabbage Patch doll as a kid?
1: I didn't, but my sister did.
0: Because it was... Cabbage Patch fever happened like nobody's business, right? Like, it was... Yep.
1: It was... They say that the Black Friday sales that we have now came from about that same time period where... Uh, they had Cabbage Patch uh, figures or dolls or whatever um, on sale at stores around Christmas, and people pretty much knocked everyone down yeah. to get in. There were fights, people breaking into stores. I mean, it was a f- it was madness.
0: There are videos you can find on YouTube of people mm-hmm. losing their mind for Cabbage people patch. People
1: pulling dolls. each other's hair. I mean, it was... And these are adults.
0: Yeah, these aren't kids. It... um if we had had eBay back then, yeah. people would have paid, it was like when Tickle Me Elmo happened and Furbies and selling, I remember some, I remember Furbies were, yeah, Teddy Rockspin. I remember when Furbies, and that was the 2000s when Furby came out. Oh, yeah. When Furbies were selling for like $1,500 on eBay. They were. And I was like, it's a, it's a total. <sighs> yeah. So um, we had, I had a Cabbage Patch kid as a, as a as a kid, and then I had a doll, I had a little baby boy. That's all I remember. His outfit was blue. And my sister had one of the girl dolls. Um, But I had no idea what it was. I think I played with it for like maybe five minutes. And then I was like, meh.
1: Didn't they come with birth certificates that you could register or mail away for a certificate? Yeah, and then I think Mm -hmm. they all
0: came with their own names, right? Like Mm -hmm. I think they already were named. Mm -hmm. Um, Which makes me question then, um, thinking about it, each of these kids is so differently styled. Mm -hmm. And it makes me think that that's a way to sell the toys maybe was to make sure we had a representative of each kid or each doll style that you could get. Mhm. So which is yeah. I mean that was a thing in the 80s was cartoons were selling toys I mean that's what they were. It was. Yeah. He-Man is totally guilty of it. And love it's He-Man.
1: A 30 minute toy commercial usually. <laughs> <laughs> that's what GI Joe was. I that's didn't what, have any problem with it though. Me either. I loved
0: it. And I was like, "Great, there's a new toy coming mm-hmm. out because it was in the cartoon." And yeah. I couldn't I didn't understand why that toy wasn't out. Mm -hmm. I was like, what is in the cartoon? Mm -hmm. Um, All right. So that's why I got confused because it acts like, this cartoon does act like we should know who Lavender is. Yeah, it does. Because they act like, oh, they're always trying to catch those kids. We need to Mm -hmm. get those Cabbage Patch kids. And so um, they're in this weird gold mine, which also did not know that gold was in. No. I could... Atlanta
1: I could see maybe a coal mine yeah there's a lot of coal mines down that way but gold mm. I would think that might be something from maybe the Western.
0: yeah it was country. really weird, right? Yeah also why is there a humanoid rabbit and weasel? Yeah that also made
1: no sense. It didn't it didn't.
0: but it was just the weirdest thing. so that trio finds some gold and they realize they can't reach it that they're gonna have to kidnap the kids. So they try to kidnap the kids because they have smaller hands. Um, The kids are arguing about who's in charge and what way to go. And I thought it was kind of a cute scene because it was totally like a child. Like the kid was like, well, I'm in charge because of this and we're going this way. And then another kid goes, well, I'm in charge of this and we're going this way. And then one of them, I forget who was, was like, well, I'm in charge of whoever's in charge and we're going this way. I think the city is that way. I'm in charge, Dawson Glenn. charge and i think we go that way well i'm in charge of who's in charge and i
1: say we go that way a little child spat
0: yeah it was totally forth. Forth. It, it was, was. Totally cute. it was um the trio of baddies tries to kidnap the kids and they chase the kids and the kids up the kids end up hiding up in the tallest tree in the forest that i've ever mm-hmm. seen like it looks like a, a sycamore <laughs> does sycamores grow in georgia i don't know. Mm, I- maybe it was a huge treasure and uh as they're trying to get the kids out of the tree two lumberjacks show up and they say oh this tree will fetch a good price in the city <laughs> and they start chopping down this tree with the kids inside this is the biggest tree i've ever seen who is going to buy this tree for their house and if you live in the city that means you're in an apartment in most cases or maybe a condo I don't think they have, like, 10-foot ceilings. No. It looks like
1: things. a tree that you would see in the middle of a mall.
0: Yeah. Yeah, yeah definitely. Like or, a multi-story. Or... Um,
1: a Rockefeller Yeah, scare. that's what I was thinking of. <laughs>
0: Rockefeller. Yeah. That's, probably, yeah mm-hmm. that's the only thing that I could think of. Mm-hmm. So they chop down the tree with the kids inside, just, and they didn't die. Um, mm-hmm. The tree falls with the kids in it into the bed of the truck, and the villains try to grab the kids, but the truck speeds away, and they choke on s- smoke, and then we never see those three again no we don't we spent all this time establishing them but then they never come back
1: about how far into the episode would you say that was
0: 10 8 minutes in yeah enough that we delved a good chunk because i was like oh okay because in my mind i thought well i guess the the weasel and the and the rabbit are gonna be walking around the city and nobody cares because
1: yeah i always thought they might come back towards the end later on yeah
0: but they don't Mm -mm. we never see them again nor Mm -mm. are they ever mentioned again Mm -mm. that was it just then um the kids arrive in the city and we never know what city it is but according to Peter's fun fact four it is clearly Atlanta which he says is a good 90 miles from where the kids live so basically they rode (laughs) stuck in a tree for a good hour and a half in the cold snowy weather wow I was like look at you with your times (laughs) Um, the kids get out because they want to find the spirit. And then Peter's fun fact number five <laughs> is that we see a sign for the Fox Theater at the corner of Peachtree Street, which he says is the actual location in Atlanta. Hmm. And I was like, gosh, they put a lot of thought into this Atlanta thing, right? Mm-hmm. Like, there's a lot of focus on it, which is cool. And I guess that leads to why people would enjoy the show if you're from Atlanta. Like, I get why he likes it. Mm-hmm. Then... So the kids are walking around the city. All of a sudden we meet three new villains. And I put new in quotes in my notes because there's Bertha, who sounds and looks a lot like Lavender, (laughs) McDade, and her two stooges, Fingers and Gus, who both look like human versions of Cabbage Jack and Bo Weasel. Yeah. What was the point? Why not just bring in Cabbage Jack and Bo Weasel and Lavender? Like, why bring in bertha fingers and and gus and gus i don't get it i don't either it doesn't make any sense Mm -mm. doesn't make any sense um they the three of them try to pickpocket a man and they don't find any money they find a bus ticket and like a coupon or something i don't know it's dumb um was not funny uh and the kids walk up to bertha and ask her if she could help them find the christmas spirit and she basically screams at them until they run away and there was a cute little joke because one of them was like well clearly she doesn't have it (laughs) um then they see a bell ringing santa and so they clearly have never been to a city but they know what cars are and still run across a busy street and they're spotted by frank and his wife who never gets a name She's literally credited as wife. No, they don't. But but she's still played by Tress. <laughs> it's Bertha, Lavender, and wife. <laughs> I think it even says the wife, honestly. Yeah, it does. Um. So the wife and Frank spot them, and the wife's like, oh, we've gotta help them. And so uh, they go and grab the kids and make them hold hands across the street. Mm-hmm. And then the wife immediately falls in love with Paula Louise and her freckles, and it's it's a little creepy. Would you agree?
1: It is. It's very creepy.
0: It's, it's too much. <laughs> I get that it's a kid's cartoon, but she's like, oh, <laughs> oh, what's his name? What is his name? I don't even have a town. What's his name? I have it somewhere. Frank. She's like, oh, Frank, we came to the <laughs> city to see other children have fun because we can't have one. And I would love to have a little girl like this one. And then she just starts crying. <laughs> and you're like, oh, man. You're right as a sheet. I hope it didn't scare my freckles off. Aren't they sweet? Oh, Frank, I wish we had children, especially one like her. It's so lonely at Christmas without children. Here, dear, dear.
1: Now, I think weren't they staying at a hotel?
0: They are. There's a hotel that comes a plot point later on.
1: Okay. I think the hotel was called the Prince Albert. It it was called the
0: Prince Albert, yeah.
1: I I don't know a lot about piercings, but isn't a Prince Albert a piercing on the tip of your tongue? The tip of your tongue. It's not on the tip
0: of your tongue. Oh. It is definitely on the tip of something else.
1: Ah, okay. (laughs) I stand corrected
0: i don't think anybody has ever brought that up on any of my podcasts but ever.
1: The, the hotel is the prince albert <laughs> it's though, called the prince albert so we can just call it the pa from now on
0: yeah i'm i'm actually i had a tear um yes we'll call it the pa from now on <laughs> oh god um i don't know where we are <laughs> um during during the wife's mental breakdown i have a thought and maybe i'm Mm -hmm. going way too deep in this you think she's suffering from maybe some kind of like postpartum depression or maybe they had a child and they lost a kid that's
1: what i was thinking i hate there was something but
0: but there's no reason for this person to act this way even in a cartoon there had to be something else
1: yeah because they're older right yeah they're so maybe they lost it child maybe in the past
0: yeah i I like that we're we're delving into these non-existent characters that nobody thought two things about they had to have a reason to make her cry
1: and nobody has probably thought about this for years except for you and i right now
0: and they make her cry again (laughs) later on and it is awkward yeah um so during this kerfuffle frank drops his wallet and the kids find it and bertha and her goons see them find it and try to steal it and start chasing the kids Mm Mm-hmm so much chasing and the kids just climb through a random window of a house we think it's a house and there they meet a sad little girl named jenny who's an orphan and there's this whole scene where jenny's talking to her parents and you can see that she's decorating a christmas tree fun mom getting ready for christmas eve with you and daddy and grandma and grandpa and the christmas spirit in the house The spirits in there I guess they won't mind us taking just one peek. It's such a pretty tree. And smell that turkey. And what I did like about this is when the camera pans over, it's not a real tree. She's decorating a hat rack and the shadow makes it look like a Christmas tree. And there were no parents. And the kids were like, who are you talking to? And she's like, oh, you know i don't have parents i'm an orphan and it's they're like it's kind of a sad scene it's a very sad scene because they say well where are the other kids and she's like oh they all went with families for christmas but nobody wants me
1: if i remember correct, correctly do they pan over their beds of yeah. they orphans and there's no orphans yeah they're except all gone, for her just yeah. her
0: because apparently she said something like they're all at other people's houses yeah. celebrating christmas because they're going to get adopted but mm-hmm. nobody would want me and she says nobody will adopt her because she's different yeah. and we see that she has a leg brace on Um, Which is very I think they do do the orphan thing a lot During Christmas specials Because I feel like there's other Christmas specials Where we've had an orphan before
1: Mm
0: -hmm. Um, And then the kids are like They say something to her They say something like Well all kids are different Mm -hmm. And that being different makes every kid different Which is my favorite line Mm -hmm. I'm different from other kids All kids are different Sure, she's different from me, and he's different from me. Being different's what makes every kid special. Yeah! 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 Yeah!
1: Yeah. Mine too.
0: Is this your favorite scene, would you say?
1: I would say yes. It's very sweet. It is.
0: It has a really fun message. Um, And then we... um, we're about twelve minutes in at this point, mm-hmm. and we get so we're about halfway through this thirty quote unquote minute special, which I still don't understand how it's thirty minutes long um, because even with commercials, I mean on the, the one that we watched was not thirty minutes. So no. I don't know who's saying this is thirty minutes. Um, the kids sing a song with with her called mm-hmm. uh, "Everybody's Christmas." Even yep. though they're, di- it's something like, even though we're different, it's still everybody's Christmas, and different makes us special. And they help her decorate the orphanage by herself, which is so weird. Uh, but it was a cute scene. I liked the scene. I thought it was cute.
1: And the song was good.
0: Yeah, the song was cute. Yeah. Um, it's interesting that there weren't a lot of songs in this. No. There's only two, and one of them wasn't sang by the kids either. I think they could um, have
1: maybe one or two more.
0: I would have. I would have wanted more. <clears throat> like I would have. Like mm-hmm. you know what I think would have been great is a song at the Cabbage Patch at the very beginning where we introduce all the kids. Yeah. And they say something like, and we have to watch out for Lavender. Mm-hmm. Which would have been great because then we would have known who Lavender was and been like, oh, Lavender's a thorn in their side all the time. Yeah. Um, and then they could have they could have even sang a song about going to the city and all the sights that they see in the city because mm-hmm. they've never been to the city. Mm-hmm. So there's definitely spots for... Um, like, like they could have sang a song about Jenny getting parents. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of song. Oper- Let's go rewrite this. I'm ready now. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, Jenny looks a lot like Paula Louise. And I forget which one of them said that they could be sisters because they both have red hair and freckles.
1: They do. Yep.
0: Foreshadowing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, then the kids come to this amazing realization that... Frank and his wife would love to adopt Jenny because she looks so much like Paula Louise. So they've decided that this couple should adopt this little girl that they've never met because she has freckles. <laughs> um, the kids, the kids basically kidnap Jenny so they can meet, take her to meet the nice couple. And then the villains try to follow them because they want the wallet, which is just, I get it again. I still have a problem. Just give us lavender. She had a fun name and she had a, a weasel and a rabbit. I don't care about Fingers and Gus. Their names aren't fun. No, they aren't. Bo (laughs) Weasel. Cabbage Jack. (laughs) Oh, God. Let's see. Where are we at this special of specials? Uh, They end up grabbing the kids, and they do a very uh, big cartoon trope, which is they hold the kids upside down, that's and right. then they shake them violently and i was like these are children mm-hmm. i'm pretty sure you can't do this to children no i don't have kids but i'm pretty sure it's a big no-no to shake a child
1: didn't things fall out of their pockets yeah it was a bunch yeah. of crap like, yeah
0: just a bunch of stuff it was funny <laughs> mm-hmm. but no wallet because no whichever cousin lee no the other lee not cousin lee otis lee otis lee, otis lee? is that his name mm-hmm. sure the one with the army helmet <laughs> had so. it under his helmet the kids escape from them. Uh, right before they escape from them, Bertha tells them uh, to tell her where the money is and they can work for her stealing. And the kids escape, and there's a madcap BS as they run into the fancy hotel, which is called. The PA. <laughs> the PA. <laughs> and then one of the kids is like, oh, there's a prince that lives here. Mm-hmm. And in my mind now, all I want to be is like, not the one you want to see. <laughs> no. No. <laughs> um so they run through the hotel and they actually see the couple and that's how we learn that frank and the wife are staying there and she's still sad and crying about how they came to the city to find kids to watch which was uber creepy it is um she's a creeper i'm just Mm -hmm. sorry she's a creeper Mm -hmm. then they get the kids get thrown out on the street uh frank and his wife don't see them The villains see the kids and chase them into a city park and here's peter's last um fun fact is that if you notice there's a small sign on that park called piedmont park Mm -hmm. which he said is the biggest park in atlanta Hmm. so even the park was inspired and put into the show too which i thought was a really cool nod as well there was, um there was a lot of detail with the park. I
1: remember there was an archway mm-hmm. sign that went over it. I think it said like city park or like some type of park. Yeah. Just a lot of the background paintings that they used.
0: It was very pretty. They I, I will say the artwork is very that's why I said it made me think of Don Bluth a little mm-hmm. bit. It was very Bluthy. Yeah. Um The kids go and hide under a bridge, but Peter said there's no bridge. but they go and hide under a bridge and then jenny says she feels like she's causing too much trouble um she should just run away and paula louise says no we're friends but we're more like sisters and then the next thing we get is some carolers randomly singing deck the halls so it's our second song And the kids can hear it, but I, this is where I, this is a huge problem I have, because I don't understand why, and I don't know if you noticed, but they changed the words to the song. Instead of saying, now we don our gay apparel, they say, now we don our pride apparel. Really? I don't even... Yeah. I, I didn't catch it until the second time listening to it, hmm. so when you buy it on the DVD, you'll have to go back and listen to it, and then tell me if I'm wrong, but... I will. I... Yeah, it was so weird, and I don't get why you would take out the word gay in the 80s. Like, it doesn't make any sense. Like, it's not, you know... And you put pride in, which is still gay, so... And
1: that song is a very popular holiday song, still, today.
0: Yeah. We've talked about it on the show a couple of times. Yeah. So, it's so weird. I don't know. so weird. Uh, The kids begin whining about how they're hungry and cold, and... um, they wish they were back with colonel casey i almost Mm -hmm. called him colonel clancy (laughs) because it's still southern Mm -hmm. um and the kids tell jenny that they don't have parents either but they have colonel casey and they have xavier and they have each other Mm -hmm. then they fall asleep and now it's morning so it's christmas day at this point which we forget about honestly because i forgot about it um and the villains find the kids they steal the money from the wall or they steal the wallet And Bertha tells them that they're going to work for her or they'll never see Jenny again. And she kidnaps Jenny. And I was like, why would you pick Jenny? She looks nothing like the other Cabbage Patch. They just met her. Mm -hmm. Pick a Cabbage Patch kid. (laughs) You know, get get Paula Louise or Sybil Sadie. (laughs) Tyler Bow. Uh But pick a kid. Why would you pick the the little... It doesn't make any sense. It doesn't. Um, Then, randomly as she's holding jenny two cops show up and recognize jenny as the missing kid from the orphanage that's
1: the little girl missing
0: from the home
1: and those pickpockets we've been looking for the cops
0: grab the breath and run for it and this is really where where peter Cullen comes in he just plays this tiny little line of a cop and they start to chase the villains um bertha has jenny and the two guys pick up all the kids in like their arms and they do this clearly cartoony style where the kids all link hands and as the villains are running the kids hold hands so tight that when the villains split between a light pole the kids hold on to them so tight that it forces the villains back and bertha also gets hit somehow and ends up ass ass down like ass up i should say Mm -hmm. ass up in the snow and the cops come over and just arrest her. I, what I don't know, because mm. I don't think they ever said no. So no, they didn't. I don't think it was for kidnapping because they didn't know what was happening. But somehow they just arrested them. <laughs> um, and the cops are like, "Oh, well, we have to. We're going to take Jenny back to the home." And the kids say, "No, we want to. We want to give her to um, this couple." And then suddenly, across the street we see the hotel again the the PA the PA (laughs) and the couple is leaving so all the kids shout to the couple and who come over and they meet Jenny and they also give Frank his wallet back and uh, they tell them like you know look she looks like Paula Louise you should adopt her (laughs) in typical 80s cartoon fashion Uh, and the woman is like oh she's perfect and I love her already (laughs) it's so like stop falling in love with random children it's so weird it's... so then the couple says well we're gonna take her back to the orphanage and their kids are like no and she's like yeah we've got to so we can adopt her i was like you literally don't know anything about this child mm-hmm. she could be the kid from the movie the orphan you don't know you no. don't know anything about this kid Mm-mm. so then they all go back to the uh the orphanage And Xavier shows up, and this part made me laugh, not because it was funny, but because it was so ridiculous. He's like, Y'all didn't come home last night, so I knew to come to the city to find you. And I ran into some policemen, and they told me you were here. That's why I kept asking. I was like, How old are these kids? And you're doing a real piss poor job, Xavier. These kids have been wandering the streets of the city. They slept under a bridge, and they're like, What, four or five? Like, they're just chilling together. They never ate no right it was like what so Xavier says he's here to take him back and the, the kids tell Jenny bye and as they leave Paula Louise tells Jenny she's really happy for her and she says that she could wish if she could wish that they would have the same mom and dad too since they're like sisters anyway and then of course the couple are like well we'll adopt Paula Louise too and I was like she's not even up for adoption you no. don't even know where this kid came from
1: <laughs> Yeah. she lived
0: in a cabbage patch she doesn't even look <laughs> human she looks like a cabbage patch kid mm-hmm. what is that about <laughs> and uh, so they decide to adopt Paula Louise and then this, this scene did it did get to me my second time watching it Paula Louise walks over to the other cabbage patch kids and says is it okay if I go and then the other kids are crying, and they're like, mm-hmm. yeah, we're really sad for us, but we're so happy for you. And then mm-hmm. they basically say their goodbyes, and now the couple has adopted a child that was born out of a cabbage, and Jenny. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> it doesn't it's bizarre. it's bizarre. Um, and then they, uh, they get back home. We see the kids back in the shack, and they're decorating a tree. Uh, along with some food and the toys that the couple gave them. And we also find out that that head of cabbage out in the yard finally burst out of the ground, and now we have a new Cabbage Patch baby. <laughs> but we don't know its name. Uh, the kids tell Xavier they wish they could see the spirit, but Xavier tells them in true holiday cartoon fashion, they did see it because it's a feeling you get when you do something nice for someone like they did with Jenny and the uh-huh. couple and Paula Louise you did huh the Christmas spirit's a feeling you get when you're making someone else happy like you did Paula Louise and Jenny and the Clarks wow we had it all along and we didn't even and the special ends with Colonel Casey flying away saying he's got to get back to Babyland general and telling the viewers they are just like the cabbage patch kids because just like them we're all different and that's what makes us special of
1: course, you born in a cabbage patch but in a way you're like the cabbage patch kids because you're each one different and that makes you special to- which was one of my favorite lines from the the special.
0: It was super sweet. So yeah. what did you think of the special?
1: I really liked it. Um, I think the story was kind of, there were a lot of holes in the plot. <laughs> like yeah. we just brought out on this show. Um, I, I, I really enjoyed it though. I would probably put it on my list of Christmas specials that I watch every year
0: really okay yeah. I I did like it I I liked the message I think the message was really good I, I do have my problems with it especially mm-hmm. like the introduction of three villains that never show up again mm-hmm. and you create three new villains and it's like <sighs> I got the symbolism and I was like you don't even need the symbolism just use the same three villains
1: mm-hmm.
0: um, I
1: just think. Back in the 80s, there was a room of writers that were sitting down across the table from each other discussing how all this was going to work out. And I would like to have been in that room. Same. Because some of it doesn't make sense.
0: Yeah, why would you... Where was the person that was like, hey, why are we doing three... Why do we have six villains? It's a 30-quote-minute special. And I don't think this is 30 minutes. I'm, I'm interested to hear you and i talk off the air of course when you watch it from the dvd version Mm -hmm. if it truly is 30 minutes and see if there's anything that's different from the edited tv version maybe because maybe they did cut some time out for all the commercials they could have cut 15 minutes out and we wouldn't even know 10 Mm -hmm. minutes out
1: well i checked uh, a few hours ago and it is available on boomerang Mm -hmm. the subscription service Mm -hmm. Um, so I thought maybe I might take a look at that and kind of see, because I thought the quality might be even better I'm sure. on that than it is on a DVD. I'm sure. I'm sure. Um, and then I'll see how many minutes.
0: Yeah. Let me know. I'm just interested. Is, so. I'm just interested. Um, but yeah, I love the messaging. I didn't mm-hmm. notice any gay characters or anything like we normally have. I didn't either. Have. Um, the only thing that I noticed gay related was the fact they took out the word gay and now we don our gay apparel. And I just mm-hmm. think that's still bizarre. Like what was the change? Because Deck the Halls, even in the 80s, was a public domain song. So it's not like you had to change it so you didn't get sued. Mm -hmm. Like, it's it's a song. Um, All right. Well, on a scale of one to five, with five being the best, how many rainbow candy canes would you give this special?
1: I would give it four. Four? Yeah. Why a four? Um, I really... I really liked, I really liked the show, the special. Um, I thought it was a lot different than any other Christmas special that's out there. It was very unique, even with the plot holes. Um, I thought it had a good message. Um, that, that people are different type of message, uh-huh. um, which makes everyone special, basically. Um, I don't know. I, I just really enjoyed it. I, it
0: gave you the Christmas feels.
1: And as somebody in their 20s like me, (laughs) um, and I could sit there and watch it with with a younger kid, and we both would enjoy it. It's one of those shows. It's not... Even big kids like me would enjoy it.
0: I I agree. Watching it
1: with a family member that's younger.
0: I think what I also liked about it is... They called it the Christmas spirit, but there was no religion whatsoever. None at all. Which was so interesting, especially back then. Yes. You would think that they would have worked in something. something. Also, there was no mention really, like the only mention we had of Santa was the bell ringer, and that was it. Like it wasn't about Santa bringing presents. It was just a different message. So,
1: Mm -hmm. And the whole Christmas spirit thing, they almost made it like they were looking for a person that was the Christmas spirit. Yeah, originally not yep. a spirit being non-human. I guess.
0: Mm-hmm. I just, after the second time, and and after talking about it, I mm-hmm. would give this also a four. Um, mm. Reasons I won't give it a five: too many characters, weird backstories that aren't explained, characters that are never mentioned again. I just have a real problem with that first trio of villains. I just think it's dumb. There could have been any reason. I feel like they were added just so that they could have a reason to get the kids on the truck, but they could have had a bear chase the kids. Mm-hmm. I mean, we don't know where at in Georgia has a waterfall anyway, so I'm sure they have bears in Georgia. I know they have gay bears in Georgia. They do. <laughs> <laughs> but um, they could have had a bear chase the kids, or even a coyote or something. They could have. Anything mm-hmm. else. But you spent time for three villains. It just doesn't make any sense. So I have a huge problem with that. Um, and I also don't understand why you changed the word gay.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> to
0: pride. Um, so with that being said, um, it sounds like you would consider this a classic Christmas special versus a not-so-classic. Like this is one you would watch again.
1: It is one I would watch again. I wouldn't put it up there with like It's a Wonderful Life or uh, Holiday Inn or mm-hmm. um, White Christmas or... Uh, meet me in St. Louis, mm-hmm. but I would put it up there with, uh, you know, the other holiday specials that are out there.
0: Yeah, I would put it with, um, I would watch it again for sure. I don't know if I'm going to buy it. I haven't decided if I'm that into it yet. Um, I would definitely watch it if it was, you know, if I was flipping channels and, well, I don't really even have TV. I have everything streaming. So mm-hmm. if I was at my parents who still use TV and that popped on, I would totally sit down and watch it. Um, it's also something that I would put on while I'm like decorating the tree or baking cookies or Mm -hmm. some other type of Christmas activity that
1: like um, a background. Yeah. Yeah.
0: You know, and you sit down and you watch it for a couple seconds.
1: Putting packaging up presents. Yeah.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I just think that even just getting the Christmas decorations out, you know, you got to go through the boxes and stuff. I just think that it's a nice background. So um, I would say, yeah, it's a classic. I I would, I can't say I'd watch it every year. I I won't say that. Mm-hmm. But I mean, if I buy it, then I would. But um, it
1: was better than Christmas Comes to Packland. <laughs>
0: <Well.
1: laughs> Which I would see again, but it wasn't.
0: Right. I think maybe I blocked every that few from years. memory. I need to go back and listen to that episode. <laughs> go back and find that one, y'all. Well, Chuck, there's only one thing left to say mm-hmm. after all of this, and that is, Merry Christmas, Chuck.
1: Merry Christmas to you, Jason. <laughs>
0: Episode, hearing a Christmas memory or tradition. So I invited my friend Chuck back to tell us one of his. If you'd like to share a Christmas memory, don't forget to email us at keepingtheyoultadgay at gmail.com or you can leave us a sixty second voicemail at anchor.fm/slash gay My favorite holiday
1: memory or tradition is. When, uh, and this still happens, when my family goes to the botanical garden here in St. Louis and um, we go to the garden train show, the family does, and then we go uh, out to eat at an Italian restaurant down on the hill. That's probably my favorite thing to do at Christmas
0: time. Well, that wraps up this month's episode. Thank you for listening to Keeping the Tad Gay. And don't forget to subscribe to the show to be notified when new episodes air. We hope you come back for our next episode as we continue to put the mess in Christmas. Bye. Thank you for listening to Keeping the Tad Gay. Don't forget, if you need more Gason in your life to listen to my other podcast, Gabbing with Gason, on most podcast apps. And you can find more information at GabbingWithGason.com. The First Noel, Old Christmas Tree, We Wish You a Merry Christmas, Bring a Torch, Isabella, The Twelve Days of Christmas, and Silent Night, The Disco Edition are provided by FreeXmasMP3.com. All other music and sounds used in this episode are the properties of the individual copyright holders, and they're used for the purposes of commentary and review. No infringement.